The Midwest Flyways Podcast is brought to you by Soundgear. Guys, let me tell you about Soundgear. It is a hearing protection company, and it is the bee's knees, honestly. You spend 1400 bucks on the Phantoms to save your hearing forever. I can't tell you how revolutionary it is to have good hearing protection that actually fits to the mold of your ear, enhances other noises, and then also protects your hearing. Dude, Bluetooth enabled on top of that, so it connects to your phone. And the other thing I love most about it is because they're rechargeable now. You know that the black case, <clears throat> the black case that you get with it, it's a device that charges them even when it's not plugged in. Yeah. So like you plug it in and it charges the case and your sound gear, just like AirPods. Mm -hmm. So then when you go somewhere on a trip or whatever, you're out in the field and you've hunted for eight hours and just you need to charge case. up, just put them in the case. That's seriously like life changing for me. Yeah. Not having to swap the batteries. And so, my most asked question about sound gear too is how does it sound like when you're calling? And my answer every single time is, if you're an experienced caller, you already know what your calling sounds like. The first time you go out and call, it's going to sound a little weird to you. But after that, your muscle memory kicks in. You don't even have to worry about it. All right, so go to soundgear.com today to get a pair of custom fit phantoms. I can get used to this. Sorry I moved too quick. Chasing the blue, no kind of fit. Catch me on a wild like Donovan. Yeah, well, we're just in your studio, that's why I'm wondering. Yeah, the vibe is totally different. It is. What do you think about it? I don't hate it. No, it's nice, right? I don't hate it. Yeah. It's pretty chill. And I have the screen. So like if you were going to show me something, oh. you could stream it to the screen. Lit. So we could watch it together. That's very cool. Right? What is it like mirroring? No, you just, it's Google Chromecast. So like on any of the things, there's the casting option in the top if you're on my Wi-Fi. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. There's some, there's some things here. Got some yes. nice lighting. Yeah. Very, very chill. Got a zen feel to it. It's got a very feminine vibe in here. Feminine? Yeah. I would just say like man with good taste. <laughs> you know? It's got a very like man with good taste vibe in here. Mm, mm. Yeah, I would say very I would unbiased. say it's, it's cleaner. <laughs> it's clean. It's like, yeah. I don't know. You mean you don't have vents pouring out soot into yeah. your basement? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is actually exactly what I mean. Um pretty neat pretty cool My uh, God. yeah well welcome man welcome to the uh the balance studio joey is at my house tonight for a rare occasion to do a podcast i just have a little bit of things i need to get through after he leaves so it was easier this way not for him definitely for me yeah definitely drove over an hour to get here it's dope work. right i do it every wednesday I, that's why i didn't say anything dude. right I just, no i appreciate it I just came over. Uh, dude, what's up with you, man? How are you doing? Good. I'm busier than shit shoveling uh, people's roofs. So Yeah, that's a thing in Minnesota. Yeah, no, it's a very dangerous job if okay, you don't yeah, know mm -hmm. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad and I actually welded up some bars. This is the coolest shit, dude. Welded up these bars that are just unbelievable like ice pick bars no not ice picks sure ice they bars. are ice bashing bars and i've only damaged one roof using them that's because i didn't know the strength so the sure. first roof that i used it on went a little too hard well it went a little too hard and then also i tried to get every bit of ice off the roof and that's when you damage stuff you'll just yeah. like ice will be stuck to a shingle you're like mm, I'm hit that and then you hit that and then half the shingle tears off with you're like damn it <laughs> yeah yep so Okay. But that's the only time. So we were uh, we were doing a roof for Trevor Ludkey tonight. He's one of the owners of Legends Outfitters. And so he works at this really cool nonprofit out in, uh, in Excelsior. And this place is just gorgeous, dude. 140 acres in uh, Excelsior. Mm. Like huge. Yeah, yeah. And I re-roofed one of the buildings last winter. And then... Uh, did some snow removal this year, and it was dangerous as shit. Cedar roofs in the winter, very scary. Yeah. Think of wet, slippery wood. For sure. On like a super steep pitch, and that's what we were doing today. Dope. Yep. So, 
but those bars, man, because otherwise you'd be going up there with hammers or a steamer and steamers are really dangerous or yeah. you can get third degree burns like that. Dude, those steamers are crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And they're not good for your roof. Think of it this way. The wild concept, right? Having water around your foundation in the wintertime, probably not a good idea, right? For sure. For sure. I've had so many people be like, well, steamers don't hurt the, the roof. Why don't you use a steamer? Like, well, do you want a bunch of water on your foundation to then freeze at night? Well, I guess not. Yeah. yeah no shit. What about if you have a good gutter system? No, it, the gutters are completely frozen solid. <coughs> they don't steam them open? No. What? Mm-mm. Just kidding. That would take forever. That would take forever. And yeah. they're charge hourly, so... Most steamers are like five to six, six, 600 bucks an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So in Minnesota, there's this thing that happens where your roof, it basically just produces a whole shitload of ice and snow. What well, doesn't and produce it? No, but. the snow is on your roof. Joey's a mad scientist about these things. So it's the snow's on your roof. It heats up underneath your shingles, essentially underneath your sheathing because mm-hmm. you have terrible insulation in your attic. So then your heat escapes into your attic and then up to your roof and then it heats the actual roof and then that causes the snow to melt underneath itself and that bottom layer of snow turns to ice and it just piles up at the eaves. Just keeps going backwards. You should never have water going up your roof. Right. Because everything's in shingle lap fashion, you know, so you start at the bottom and work your way up because water goes down. It should never go up. Really? And so... Naturally, when water starts going backwards up your roof, it's a bad deal. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it pays a lot. It's very scary. It's very dangerous. I've only fallen off once in my entire life. And uh, oh, yeah. No, no I'm, yeah. I'm never worried about it. Not even close. Right. Dude, it's so wild. Think about think of it this way, dude. And everyone listening. You're on a steep roof in the wintertime. And you're thinking, there's no way I'm going on that. Right. It's like, I'm going to slide off. You mean with the piles of ice and snow? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Usually, yeah. Yeah, usually I'm looking at it like, "Mm, I won't. But what's so crazy, even on a roof like this, Cal, where it's like almost straight up and down, when the ice forms, it provides a perfectly level ledge every single time. To stand on. To stand on. It's so wild. It's the craziest thing. So like, if you don't know what you're doing, yes, you're going to fall. But if you have one foot in the snow and one foot on the ice level platform, you're good. And that ice never just like breaks off. I would just, I would always feel like I was just waiting for like the ice avalanche <laughs> where you're like, you're on the ledge and you trust it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oops. And the whole thing under your weight just breaks off of the shingles. And then you go careening to the ground mm-hmm. on a 1412 pitch. Well, that's what's really nice about that bar. So it's like six feet long. Yeah. And then we welded two metal plates that are circular on uh-huh. either end. Yep. So you tap that thing twice and that ice just comes breaking off. So, but it's like six feet. So you're doing it out in front of you. So yeah, you're never yeah. in danger. But even if you're on the ice ledge, the ice ledge never just fucking cracks right no. off. No, it's so, it's so frozen to the shingles that it only breaks off in like foot quantities. Wild. Like six inches to so a foot. Sketch. It's really not. Till you do it, you're like, oh, I'm safe as shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and when you say safe as shit, this is like, a, you know, like from a roofer's perspective, mm-hmm. you're safe as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because a lot of the different stuff that, like, tradesmen do, you're safe as shit in terms of what you do for work. But, like, homeowners aren't, like, into that. You know what no. I mean? They're no. not like, I'm safe right now. <laughs> they're not. They're not safe, dude. Part no. of it is just, like, knowing how to walk around and, like, be on that stuff, yeah? Right. Well, it's like when you're setting trusses, right? Yeah. Your first time setting a truss and you're walking on the top plate? Walking on walls, yeah. That's scary. So scary. Your first time. Dude, it's scary. And then, it's and scary then, no matter what, depending on where it is. And then after you figure out, like, how where you it. can stand yeah. and whatever, as long as nothing knocks you off of there, you're okay. Same thing over there, except that's even wider than a two-by-six. Right. It's like a foot that's wide. True. That's, <laughs> so true. Like, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's not scary. You just are very calculated in every step you do. For sure. Very For calculated. Sure. Yeah. No wild movements. Oh, yeah. No, I, I still like to set my first trust from a ladder. Oh, sure. 
Yeah, you get that first one. Then you can kind of lean your shin or something into it. You kind of got something to grab. Mm-hmm. But, man. First one's scary. First one sucks. And no matter what, depending on the crane operator, it's always scary. Oh, especially on a oh, windy dude, day. Like dude, a 20 mile an hour wind and the guy's <laughs> just like trying to get the fuck out of there. You're like, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Cool. No, I've seen, uh, I saw this one guy that we help out every once in a while that we frame with or whatever. Mm-hmm. Older dude, been doing it a long time. Recently quit framing. I actually said he's done with that bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, but I literally saw him one time walking a two by six wall. Crane just swinging trusses, 20 mile an hour wind, hit the deck on a two by six wall, went straight to his chest to avoid getting knocked off the wall. It was like a 40 foot drop. We're in third story. I'm like, dude, no, you know, and he's like, I told you I'm going to quit doing this fucking bullshit. You know, it's just, (laughs) yeah, can't, you're sick of it. Oh, get sick of it at a certain point. Guys, let me tell you about the ammo we've been shooting this year. It's called Migram Munitions. And let me tell you. I've never shot a more consistent load in my life. It is constantly smacking honkers and ducks out of the sky. My God. You know what I love, honestly, the most about ammunition is when it works. And, (laughs) dude, that's always been my biggest gripe, right? Like, it's just, dude, just shoot out of the gun. Just shoot the shell. I've not had a single dud this year. Me neither. It's, I love that aspect of it. I just want to be able to trust my ammunition. So, hey, if you want to learn more about stacked load ammunition that me and Joey have been shooting all year, go to migraammunitions.com. One, let me one, let me tell you. Yeah. That 2.4 load for the 20 gauge? Yep. Smoking honkers, dude. Hey, it's hard. I don't even want to shoot my 12 gauge. No, there's a we have a reel on our Instagram of Joey shooting 2.4 stack 20 gauge Migra shooting the shit out of some geese. So go, go check, check it out, out, guys. Go check it out. Hey, you saw a weird video. I want to talk about it. Yeah, it actually got taken down off of TikTok. I was going to play it on the podcast here, but essentially this dude was all bummed out hunting public land in Arkansas. Is he from Arkansas? I think so. Yeah, he said he was from Arkansas. Okay. And uh, I don't know all the rules down south, and we were talking to Wade about it earlier tonight. And he's like, yeah, so we're hunting public land, and water level's high. (coughs) And so if you can float a boat in it and you're not touching private ground, you're good as long as you wade a boat into it and whatever. And we come across this guy on private on a hunting club and uh, he told us to just come hunt with him. (coughs) And he kept saying, like, we would have never hunted there unless he invited us. And uh, he's like, well, just use your stuff because ours is over there, blah, blah, blah. And then 20 minutes before shooting time, game warden walks up and the guys who invited them on their private land just sold them down the river they're like they're trespassing blah 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 so those guys got a trespassing ticket and they wouldn't have even hunted there unless that guy would have said you know they wouldn't have hunted there unless the guy invited them to yeah and so the game warden just listened to him like the other guy private land guy and said Okay, boys, looks like you're getting trespassed and this and that, which is a big deal in hunting because you can lose your hunting rights for a year. Yeah, did that guy? I don't know. He wasn't he officially he charged yet. Yeah, okay. But it's just like, damn, dude. That's fucking wild. Um, That's some. Do you think that, like, Wade brought up a good point about it. Do you think they were entrapped? Like, do you think the guy was, like, trapping them to, like, come on his property so that he could call or text the DNR officer or something? Maybe. Well, Wade was saying that maybe he was hunting next to them, like super close to the line, several days in a row, and then, and then he's like, "Fuck it, let's get him," and then invited him onto private and uh, got him trespassed, which is yeah, terrible, man. I just there's something about hunting where karma definitely comes back for you. Like, if you see a guy out there struggling, his boat got stuck, his motor got stuck, and then, like, you go help him, you got good karma coming your way. Yeah. But, like, especially when it comes to gray areas of the law and, like, trespassing and, like, like before Onyx and, like, all these apps that you can see, like, right, where the landlines exactly are. where you are, yeah. Dude, like, it was so sketchy. Like, even getting permission from people. 
And it's just like you always were kind of watching over your shoulder. Like you thought you were doing everything legal, but there's always that small chance sure. that you're not being legal. Right, right. And for that guy to do that to that younger guy, he's like our age, you know, like mid-20s. And it's like, fuck. Like I, that's I how like you that ruin. you grouped us into mid-20s still. Or late-20s, whatever. He no, looked don't, younger. Don't, don't. He looked yeah. younger. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, man, that guy who did that to him has definitely got some bad karma coming his way. That's fucking crazy. And, like, the thing about it, too, is, like, it's such a random thing that could just totally happen to, like, us or anybody. I could totally see, like, that situation where you're, like, in a spot and then somebody's like, oh, dude, I got a bunch of ducks, you know, like, come on over here, like, just hunt with us, you know, because that happens all the time. And it's actually something that, like, people even, like, preach, like don't fight with each other like don't make it a thing where no one can hunt or you know whatever just like group up and you hear stories all the time yeah no we ended up hunting some guys that we met at the launch or whatever that you know that shit happens all the time bro and like to think that like you got to be like thoughtful about the fact that somebody's like inviting you to come hunt and dude the other thing about this immediately my my mind went to like yeah this isn't like that bad of a situation but like, dude, how many like random homicides and like killings and shit well, happen like every year? Foot. Well, right, dude. Real foot two years ago or a year ago. And that's that what my mind went to. It's like, well, yeah, this guy just wanted to fuck them over with the DNR. Like, what about the day that somebody's like, this guy's been hunting next to my property all year and I'm fucking done with it. And he's just off his meds, right? you know, or somebody's crazy and they just like kill you. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and and we don't know the whole story. Obviously, no, of course but not. Taken from that guy's perspective, it's like it's kind of fucked up. Well, here's the thing. This isn't us saying that we know the story and like that's why we're talking about it. It's more just like it got our minds thinking, you know, about so many different situations, or at least got mine thinking about like so many different situations that I've been in where somebody invites you or they tell you to go hunt this spot or that spot, and you know, like you try to do all your due diligence and like check everything out and. But man, you know, at the end I mean, of the day, green the jeans the day, will probably dude. still, you know, fist you. Yeah, you're in trouble. You know, for sure. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, man, it's freaking crazy. Well, it's, and like you and I are going down to Arkansas next week. Yeah. And so for the last week of hunting down there, and I've never hunted Arkansas, so like we don't know the gray areas of shit down there. So we're yeah. really going to be relying on the people who do and hump the public down there. But it's just so different everywhere. Like here, if you can float a canoe in it and you don't touch dry ground, you're good. You can hunt it. Right. But down there, Wade was saying it doesn't matter. Well, and if I don't it's know. it's private, it's still private or it might be specifically in Arkansas. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Like, out. I'm not sure like what, what the different states laws are in terms of that. You know, that's stuff that like you have to look up. And I was actually going to bring up the point. If you're going to do DIY hunting, let me just throw this out there. There's like states that are good to do DIY hunting in. Mm-hmm. And there are states where I probably wouldn't recommend it. And the reason being, right, like wherever you go first off, if you're going to go DIY hunt, like look everything up, dude. Look up what the specific stuff is. And like this happened, you know, earlier this year, even for us, when that guy told you that you have to be, you know, quarter mile, quarter mile in North Dakota. Well, in Minnesota, you have to be 500 feet. You know, right. from a house. And so, like, every state has different laws and different things like that that you can get fucked on. If you're going to go DIY hunt somewhere, just look up everything you can. Like, do your due diligence, do some research, because, I don't know, it can happen so fast that you're just screwed. When I was lucky that that guy was so cool, slash I was already done, you know. But, like, For sure. he could have easily have not been cool. <laughs> Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> well, my point in this, right, is like if you're gonna if you want to go hunt other states, like do it for sure, but try to find a buddy. Like you don't gotta find a guy that like knows everything all the time or like you can still it's almost it still feels a little bit like DIY hunting, but try and meet up with somebody on Instagram or like, you know, meet a friend or whatever that can at least give you some help, you know? Don't right. be afraid to like go hunt with someone. My so when Roy and I did that trip out west, dude. Yeah. So I was really concerned about not doing anything illegal, obviously, because right. I don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> yep, and everything changes over the borderlines. Right. And so when I was hunting this river, when I was scouting this river, I had this red line all the way up and down the river, and it said 
public hunting or whatever. And I was lucky enough to run into a game warden as I was leaving there. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to figure out where I can hunt. Because on Onyx, it says this, but it's not specific as to what is public. Sure. And I don't know how I can access that. Do I need a boat? Or can I walk up the shoreline? He goes, the high water mark is here. And it was super low, like the river was. Yeah. And he's like, so you can walk pretty much all the way up and down the bank. Just don't go past this line. I'm like, oh, shit. Cool. Just opened up the entire area to me. So then we were able to get on some ducks, actually. But I was kind of worried, like, shit, I think I'm fucked. Yeah, like, without a boat. <laughs> I don't know how to traverse <laughs> this area yeah. at all. Like, it was weird. It was so weird. And, like, walk-in hunting in certain states versus like only having water access like it is here right and i just didn't know so i was really fortunate to run into the game warden and he's friends with uh derek helms oh really yeah dude that's so funny so derek told me that he had a game warden buddy out there and uh i was like oh so he gave him my number and he never called me whatever and i run into a game warden i'm like oh shit he's like where are you from minnesota he's like oh blah blah, blah. i was like you're derek's buddy He's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, no shit. This is That's so crazy. So wild in this giant area that I'm at. I run into him. Yeah. So, so random. It was cool. That is very cool. But yeah, you have to, like, I looked online at the regs. Didn't say yeah. anything. Well, and the regs are so goddamn hard to read. I mean, Dude, half the difficult. time it's like. I swear to God, they make them like that oh, on purpose. Oh, for sure. They've Why? got to, bro. And they probably actually don't, but like. Oh my gosh, like the verbiage and the way they write it, it's like such a gray area. In a way, I sometimes think they do because if they write it gray, then it's like open to interpretation. And then that way they're just like more money for the state. They're never wrong. You know, they can't say, hey, it's very specific in the regs about what you can and can't do. Let's look at it together. And you can't both be there and be like, yep, that's exactly what that means. Half of them, it's like, well, no, that actually means this. And you're like, well, the way I interpreted it is this. And he's like, too goddamn bad. That's just what I say. Right. That's why they do it. You just know what a I mean? way for the state to make some more money. Probably. And I think just a way to probably like cover their own ass too. You know, like officers are people. So like they're not perfect. And then they're in the field. And now it's open to their interpretation. Till it goes to court. Boo. Yeah, Till it goes, goes to court. court. Then it's open to other people's interpretation, which is that even better anyway. Thank God I've, the way never, it's written. I've never had to go to court for any tickets oh that I've gosh. gotten. Dude, do you know people like that have gone to jail or not jail, but like have gone to court for of like, of course, I mean like bad though. Yeah. Yeah. And Rob, like what, what do they my get? Dad. Do they like end up getting fucked usually or do people typically like it's 50, 50? Yeah. It depends. So like, I probably can't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. They're, they're not my own experiences, sure, so I shouldn't sure. talk about it. But I know that yeah. Rob, my dad, they thought he was hunting out of a sink box. Sure. Right? So they came and swatted up the pits. Yeah. With M16s. And so they, had to go to, they had to go to court. Yeah. And they were charged with nothing. Yeah. But they still had to pay over two grand a piece. Right. To go to know? court. And they... Uh, and in the meantime... I think they couldn't hunt for a while. Oh, well, until they got cleared or whatever? Yeah, it's interesting. So, like, say you get a ticket on September 1st, right? And your court date is October 20th. So you can hunt until your court date. Okay. But then after your court date, depending on what the verdict is, whatever. And theirs got drawn out. So they had to keep coming back to court. So after that first court date, they couldn't Mm -hmm. hunt. Damn, that's crazy. And that happened at an outfitter, yeah? No, that was... That was their own private well property. Well, after... Yeah, it was private property. It was well after the outfitter was shut down. Okay. So... Damn, and it was that's complete, crazy. It was a completely different area, too. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like... Dude, wow, wow, wow. So, wow. it wasn't even the outfitter? No. Nope. Just buddy hunting. What? Stupid. I know. I know. That's so, bogus. I don't know, man. There's just too many gray... I think they should do an overhaul of the rules they've just got to write them so it's specific and here's the thing just even if it's like worse for people just write what you actually mean you know just lay it completely out the way that you want to determine it even if it's lenient that way 
at least we know, at least we know exactly what we can't do, we're going to bitch and moan about it. Right. No matter what. There's state versus federal, too. Yeah. In some states, don't enforce them. And some states do. It's like the toe tag thing. How much worse is it if a federal game warden's coming for you versus like a DNR officer? Or like a I would say a hundred times worse. <laughs> I would say a hundred yeah, times worse. What's can't. wild is I've been stopped more by federal game wardens than I have by state CEOs. Seriously, straight up. Yeah. Well, like a couple of the areas that we mm. hunt frequently. Yeah. That's all there is. Right. Federal game warden. Yeah. Because it's by a. A refuge. I've definitely seen more DNR officers, but I've I've I have had the pleasure of being introduced to one federal game warden. Have you really even been stopped that much? Only twice. Really? Yep. <laughs> you no, lucky son three, of a bitch. Three times. Three times. Two DNR officers. One when federal did, game when warden. did you get stopped? Um, man, I have to think. And was I with you? One time you were with me. We were in North Dakota. Oh yeah, that was a fed. Um, Yep. That was a That's fed. my one fed. Oh, okay. And then um got stopped by the DNR on a local lake. Uh super nice about it. No big deal. Mm. They were stopping everybody. Stopping everybody. Out here. everybody hide your kids, out. hide your wife, hide stopping your everybody yep. out here. They were. <laughs> and they did. And uh no, I mean no big deal for us. And then another time I'd have to think. Hmm. I can't even count. But that's it, dude. Yeah. I can't even like, count. It's it's three. I don't... I've been stopped a shitload. Yeah. Like a lot, a lot. Yeah. But I think I've only gotten two tickets. Yeah. In my entire life. I got a life jacket ticket, and then I didn't have my state duck stamp when I was 17. Well, and Rob, you know, I'm sure just like hammered it home. Like, hey, this is all fun and games, but... I mean, he did, but he didn't know the rules. You know, yeah, I was taught to hunt completely wrong, like so wrong in so many different ways. Really? When I got stopped the first time, yeah, by myself, he's like, he was so nice because all he did was give me a ticket for the state waterfowl stamp, and he could have just absolutely plastered me, like just killed me. Yeah, so <laughs> I probably so he was my like, license taken away. He was teaching you more oh, than yeah. he was getting mad at you. Oh yeah, no, he wasn't mad at me at all. Yeah, he's just like, hey, bud. You're under 18. He's like, so I'm going to take it easy on you. You need this stamp, but you need a plug in your gun. <laughs> you need to have a life jacket in the boat. You need to only have so many of this species, you know. Oh, really? He's like, your six ducks are your six ducks total. He goes, yes, you can have four mallards. Yes, you can have three bluebills, whatever. He's like, it doesn't mean you can shoot every limit of those. Sure, it, the sure. total is six. Yeah. Because I think I had seven. I, I think I had seven that day. I had limited out. I was so jacked. I was like, yeah, check them out. And he's like, hey, bud. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? It's right here in the rules. And he goes, seven total hen mallards. Of, total of six. Yeah. He goes, so you're one over. I'm like, what? I was not told that by my dad. And he's like, no. And he goes, you are so wrong. I'm like, shit. He's like, well, I got to give you a ticket for this. He's like, I'm going to give you a warning on the other stuff. And then he took that extra bird. Gotcha. So. That's pretty easy. I no, he was super easy on me, but. Dude. It's wild, dude. I would say, too, though. Ever like, since that day, I've really taken a look at the rules a lot better. Yeah. Typically, like, in my experience, at least, most, if you, like, call them. Like, if you're going to go to a different state and you call ahead of time and, like, ask a question about, you know, this or that specific thing they'll usually be pretty helpful. I mean, they don't, they don't like encourage people to like go out there and like fuck off so they can give you tickets. You know, they have to tell you like what they know. So if you're going to go to a new spot and you have a question, like feel free to call and ask. I mean, just like you did walking up to that DNR officer. I mean, they know people hunt as long as you're legal and you're doing it legally, they're not going to stop you or inhibit you from doing it. You know? So if you're like, Hey, where can I hunt? Well, they're going to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be honest. They're going to tell you where you can legally hunt. So, I don't know. Pretty surefire way to not, like, fuck yourself over. Right. And but, just to be clear, for yeah. everyone listening to the podcast, I'm not this crazy outlaw no, person. No, no, no. We're so safe. 
Like, dead serious. We're super smart. Well, how many times have I literally stopped to hunt to counter birds? Oh, dude. We, we do that Everyone all the time. Everyone gets mad at me. Because they're like, dude, we're not even close. I'm like, let's just trek them. Well, not only that, but like, I don't know. Usually, if we ever hunt with new people, you know, like, we're always, always checking. Like, hey, what did you buy? What did you get? I mean, we have to, like, send the full list. I legitimately have it probably saved in my phone somewhere in my notes. Of like yeah. what people have to buy, you I know. I just send them a picture of my license. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, like, yeah, we're super safe. We check everything. We run every single Onyx line. Like, we make sure that we are totally legal. You know, I mean, we, we at least we check try. Everything, we really like, try. But like, man, there's things like that North Dakota thing where it's yeah, you know, a quarter mile or little things like that that. Man, it's tough to catch all the different details that go into stuff, you know? And then there's, like, weird stuff like the high water marks and, you know, some states you can float a boat in, some states you can't, you know? Like, some some states they own the water. Like, I know in, like, Colorado and Montana, I'm pretty sure they own the waterway. Not Montana, but... Oh, yeah. Well, it depends. I know the Platte, oh. they own the water. The Platte, that's why the duck leases cost so much. And, um, what about like Montana trout streams and stuff though? Oh, no, nothing. Right. That's the thing. So like, I know in like Colorado, you know, like the rivers and streams and stuff, the landowners own the land and they own the water. So it's, yeah, it's different and it's weird. And like, make sure you know what you're doing and don't I mean, be afraid just, to just ask a buddy if you can go hunt for a couple of days and just, just buy on X for God's sakes. It'll yeah. Save and you. use our, use our discount code MWF 20 for 20% off. Oh, there you go. Right. Yeah, a lot of people don't use it enough. There's a discount code. MWF20. MWF20. Get 20% off. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Midwest Flyways podcast. Say, I just want to tell you guys about a tool that Joey and I use constantly that can make your hunt way more successful. It's the Onyx Hunt app, and Joey and I both have an elite membership, and I, I promise you it's worth every penny. Joey, what's your favorite thing about Onyx? Dude, there's like 100 things, but... Easily the most practical uses are the tracking app. So I know how I walk through those cattails and how to get back. So I can find that exact path that I made getting in there. Cause yep. it was a, an ass getting in there. It yeah. makes it so much easier on the way back out. But then also the, uh, the wind app. Yeah, it's dude. really nice. It's so much easier than trying to go to a wind app separately and find out what the actual wind calendar looks like for a certain spot you want to hunt. I think that that's for sure. That's the thing that I look at on the app and I'm like, wow, this is just smart. This is just an easy thing to use on the app. Um, other thing I really like too is the radius. You know, you can like set a radius marker on your point. Did you know that? Yeah, so you can like right by the wind calendar, you can like click set a radius area and then you can pull out or expand to like 500 yards. So then you can, like, check how far you are from a house oh. or a road or anything like that. Nice. Yeah, so then you can have that on the same waypoint. So when you, like, zoom in, it shows you, like, a 550-yard radius around you or something. I've always just used the <clears throat> drop the drop point deal. Yeah, that works, too. That works really good, too. But, yeah, no, um, check out Onyx Hunt, guys. You can get 20% off your membership with MWF20. So go to Onyx Hunt. The code for the app is also on our website. So go to MidwestFlyways.com. Our code on there for the discount is on there as well. Appreciate you guys. No, but Cal and I are going to head down south uh, next Tuesday. This podcast won't be out before then. No, no. Okay. No. So we're going to be out driving south next Tuesday, probably stop and see a couple buddies on the way down, do some uh, Arkansas public land hunting, hopefully, if we end up there and there's birds there, meet up some with some friends down there, and essentially just be little little bitch boys yeah we honestly like we have an idea like a rough idea of what we could do but like we could just change our plans too like it could totally change we have no idea we'll just figure it out as we I'm go pretty stoked though that's my favorite way of doing it. i hate flying to do this stuff just because one you always forget something you don't have enough of something and then three when you go and travel with people you're at their their mercy like you don't have your own vehicle and i hate that yeah Outside of not having your own vehicle, I'm going to let you speak for yourself. I pack. I'm super organized. It's annoying for some people. <clears throat> Me. Uh, Joey. And 
but yeah, uh, outside of that, I'm so much, I would so much rather get in the truck and drive and just have everything. And like you said, the biggest thing is just getting there and then you're not mobile. You can't do what you want right. to do. You can't go out to eat at some place. You can't fucking, you want to get food on oh, DoorDash. It's just like, it's a whole thing and it makes life a little bit easier Definitely not that fun to drive like 14 or 15 hours to go do something. But, you know, man, I don't know. I mean, if you fly to like, you know, Arkansas, right? You've got two hours before the airport. You know, you got an hour to get to the airport. That's three hours. Now you get a two or three hour flight. You're at six, seven hours. Then you finally like get to where you're going. It's like seven hours. Right. You know? I so, don't know. I mean, it's, I hate, it's a toss up. Sometimes. I hate having to toss all my waiters and shit into a fucking suitcase. Is it over fifty pounds, dude? Let me ask you. Is legit, it over fifty pounds? Do you have a is, knife on you? Do you have too many boxes of ammo? Stop. Dude, let me ask you this question, legitimately. Can you be super honest and tell me, like, before we? What am fly, I not? What am I not? No, I just mean when we go on a flight mm-hmm. to hunt somewhere. Yeah. What's your like strategy for packing and when do you do it? Like, is it like night before just like chuck shit in a bag? It's the day before. It's not the night before, but I do like a recheck the night before. But yeah, I just get all my big items and throw them in a room. And I put all my hunting clothes in the room and I look at it like outside of the bag. And then I start rolling it up and... Do you like make a list or you just like no. just start laying shit? No, out? I don't make a list. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. If I made a list, it would never fit in the suitcase. If you made a list, you would never be missing like gloves or boots though. No, I still would. You'd really? be surprised, yeah. You would just the list wouldn't even have it on it. No, it just wouldn't have it on it. That's the <laughs> wild part. <laughs> yeah. It's just not no. how my brain works. It's annoying. Yeah. I hate my brain. No, I mean it's a piece probably, of shit. Probably a lot less stressful. I love how this yeah. I touch that and you can no, hear it in the 100, mic. 100%. That's why I told you earlier to stop playing with it. You were like fucking using it as an armrest. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's fine. I knew that was probably your strategy. Yeah. I Honestly, that's more more than I thought you would do. I legit thought you would be like 10 p.m. night before we fly and you just like walk downstairs and start just chucking shit in the back. <laughs> you know? Well, no. But that's why truck driving so good for you. I just toss it in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just all in there already sometimes. Fuck yeah. Now I'm going to bring the 12-gauge and the 20-gauge because, you know, something will go wrong. And then we'll just bring a case. We'll just bring a case of ammo for the two of us. Get a case of Migra in the truck and roll. Right. Well, I mean, realistically, what are we hunting for four days? Five days? Yeah, something like that. Four or five days. 24th through the 30th? Mm Mm-hmm. So probably hunting five days. So more than likely hunting five days. Seven day trip. We'll hunt five days. Uh, maybe if we're lucky. We'll hunt four for sure. I think. Yeah. Just depends if we can catch hunts on the way there and the way back. Yeah, which we will. So I'll make sure of that. <laughs> we'll we'll find places to we'll find hunt. places, yeah. But no, it'll be a lot of fun. Are we gonna like try to do anything DIY or are we just gonna meet up with some buddies? Well that's the thing. I the places where we're going it'd be pretty difficult to I'm DIY. I'm not DIY it. hunting where we're going with with the guys that we know no but like even on our routes back through though huh it's a tough it's a tough area to diy those areas so like how like how easy would it be to diy missouri you know not not easy with how much money people spend on leases i'm guessing the public isn't super good you know, I, I don't know anything about Missouri public duck hunting, honestly, in terms of like what's available for resources. No idea. Never tried it. I know the state plants a lot of corn. They flood a lot of <laughs> corn there. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Some boys from Louisiana. They know. Yeah, they know. They lack know. of ducks. But yeah, no, but it'd be fun. I'm fucking stoked. I don't think I've ever hunted public Arkansas, so I've never hunted like I've never smashed mallards out of the trees, so no, I've really yeah. wanted to do this for the last couple of years, and yeah, it's just bad. finally coming together. Yeah. Yeah, me too, man. I'm so I'm, stoked. Yeah. 
Should be a really fun time. It's going to be an extra full choke at a duck at five yards that came through the trees and has nowhere to go. If you could pick one spot right now that you're like, if we did anything next year, that's that's something I'd want to do. Where would you want to go next year? Oh, I want to go to Arkansas. I mean, but we're going there down. Yeah, I'm saying like something different. Should we do sea ducks next year? Yeah, we should. We should do sea ducks, right? We should do sea ducks next year. Should we just do like an international one though? Let's like go to the East Coast. Trip? Let's go to the East Coast and hunt the Chesapeake or some shit. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I want to go shoot some black ducks. I want to. I want to do some cool shit. Right, right. Want to body boot in the Chesapeake? Oh, weird. I've always wanted to do that. What I want to do weird? it. I want to do it, and then I want to be like, was this that cool? Hmm. I don't know, man. Like it looks, it looks cool, but like also, is it? I think we need to set it up in such a way where you think it will be cool. So like, we go to the Haver de Grace Museum. Yeah. Oh no, like no, a no. Day the or trip two, would like be cool. A, like a day or two before we go body boot, and then yeah. we go body boot, and you're like, we're doing it like they did. No, no. I think it'll be cool. I just don't know if I'd want to do like five days of body booting. No, absolutely <clears throat> not. Well, a lot of people just go out there and body boot for like days in a row. I don't think so. No? I mean, you'd. I'd want to do a layout boat in the in the bay because it's not as wavy out there dude you got me on 10 on them fucking layout posts <laughs> we're doing it next year you got me on 10 just sketched to the fucking gills about we'll it. just plan it out to where we're not gonna be <clears throat> going when it's like super fucking water, sketchy dude. Ugh. dude the whole thing i'm most scared about truthfully is that i'm gonna be seasick the entire fucking time because <laughs> i have really bad like I get seasick really bad. Perfect. So what we're going to do is we're going to get really drunk the night before. Nope. We're not going to get you any drama, mean. And no we're chance. just going to go out there in five-foot choppers. For sure, for sure. Choppy. I won't be there. If we do all those things leading up to it, no drama, mean, get fucked up, you're going to be hunting without me for sure. Yeah, no chance. I'll probably see the water and get seasick. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have a major, I have a major issue with being seasick and it's, okay. it's very funny. Like I remember, I remember that, uh, have I told you the Marlin story? Mm-hmm. <coughs> so I'm like in Mexico with my whole family and we decided it was going to be a great idea to go Marlin fishing. <coughs> and you got seasick? Oh dude, I didn't just get, yeah, seasick. So like we... <laughs> We go out and probably like 30 minutes into me, we're like still heading out. Like we haven't made it yet. You know what I mean? And bro, my parents obviously paid a lot of money for us to all go marlin fishing. Dude, I was so fucked up before we even got to the spot to marlin fish. I never casted a single rod the whole day. Literally had to lay down in the back of the boat. My brother hooks like a a humongous marlin. You know, I, I mean like a big Marlin, a big enough Marlin that you're like, Hey, you might not be able to catch something today, but you should get up and see it. So like mm-hmm. I got up, like I was like, I got to see this fucking Marlin. Huh? Nope. Went right back down. I was like, if I do get up, I'm going to fucking throw up everywhere or I might die. <laughs> you know, I was just so, <laughs> so fucked up from it, dude. And I, I remember thinking like, okay, I didn't take any of this Dramamine or whatever, you know? So we go out and we go to Alaska and we're, we're halibut fishing yeah. with my brothers and my dad. And dude, I'm like, I'm not going to get sick. I took a fucking double dose of Dramamine and I'm like, I'm all good. Dude, we're out there for like an hour and I've caught like two tiny halibut. Yeah. Oh, done. hundred percent done. Got to go back. Oh, yeah. Had to go sit inside, like, laying down on the fucking chairs. You know, it's like, I'm just going to die, dude. So, like, that's the thing I'm most sketched about doing the, like... Is it, like, you just feel like you're going to throw up? No, bro. Like, I can't can't see straight. Like, I can't focus. Like, I'm, like, Like so dizzy. Like, vertigo. So bad. Bad, bad. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. Not good. Yeah, man. Like, I can't stand or I'll fall over. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like I'm like I'm like not right, dude. Like and you grew up on the water too. Grew up on the water, bro. Like literally from the time I was seven years old, I've been swimming, floating, riding waves, tubing, boats, all of it. No big deal. And if so, I'm like, like, when you go to the beach on the ocean and you're like going up and down with the waves on shore, like you're totally fine. Totally fine. 
in a That's boat. So weird. In a boat, dude. You get me out into like not the like short little waves by the shore. Dude, I'm not good. <laughs> I'm not good, bro. And a big part of it too is when you can't like when you can't see land, you know, you have no stable like no stable object. Doesn't scare me. What it actually like affects you getting seasick, I'm pretty sure. Cause like when you can see land, you can see that like stuff isn't moving. So you have something to focus on. Like, you know when you're in the car and they tell you if you get car sick to like not look at stuff that's like close up? Like look at things that are out the window like farther away. Okay. It's cause then your eyes fixate on like the sign that's like a quarter mile away. And so it gets closer, but it doesn't move. When you like watch the lines pass on the road or like other cars continue to pass you. I've, I guess I've never this heard is, like, this. This is like way too far probably for you because you yeah. don't have any type of car sickness or seasickness or anything like I'm that. A, yeah, I'm not a bitch. And, um, and thank you. And so, <laughs> no, but like when you, especially once you get out in the ocean and you can't like see like land that's not moving, you know? Yeah. You're just, if you have seasickness and shit, you're fucked. So bad. That's what sketches me out. Like when you were telling me about the layout boat, when I started to really be like, not sure if I can do it is when you're like, you can't see the decoys, the wave goes up and everything's moving. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you come back over the other side and it's like, you can see everything again for like 10 seconds till the next wave rolls. Yeah. And I'm like that right there. I'll have vertigo so bad. I'll just be laying there. Just I don't even, even if you're laying all. down. Oh, dude, yeah. Hmm. It's now granted, like if I'm laying down, it's a little bit better, which is like it's playing mind games with me. It's like, okay, I'm laying down, which is what I do when I do feel really shitty and seasick. Yeah. But when I lay down, when I'm seasick in that situation, I close my eyes. And then that's what, you know, you start to feel better because your eyes are closed. Worse. That's so loud. I don't know, man. The only time that I really felt bad out there is when I first jumped into the layout. Oh, yeah. Because I was just like, oh, this is going to sink. 100%. 100%. It was just a pure fear. Yeah. It wasn't the waves going up and down. It wasn't any of that. I was like, I'm going to die, and I have a five-month-old child at home. How close is the water to your gunnel? Oh, not. No, it was like a foot. Really? Yeah. No, it's like a big... Is it that deep? Is a layout boat that deep? How deep is it? No, it's there? just very wide. Yeah. Very wide. Are you in a tur- you're in a two-person. Yeah. Yeah. That made me feel better, too. If I okay. was in a one-person, I would have been losing my shit guaranteed why is that just because you oh, had just somebody else I, to like someone else is right there yeah it's keeping me like sane if we would have been like 30 feet apart in separate layout boats i would have been freaking the fuck out oh yeah oh 100 had jake done it before no but he had been out at sea for 60 days so like he was totally fine dude he lived in a commercial fishing boat for two months i didn't know that mm-hmm. what was he doing um like halibut cra- fishing halibut commercially I think so. It was maybe it was just commercial Guiding? fishing. No, they, it was a charter boat. Like they were to, like fishing to like provide meat. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. In Alaska? Yep. Cool. In Bering Straits. How did he even get that job? Uh, his buddy Jack. Huh. Who guides for Aleutian Island. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But that that's a whole separate sure. thing yeah, from that's what he does. But No, I mean I'm part of it too, like the whole Alaska thing, like we keep getting asked to like or talked, you know, that's where we talk we about go. going to Alaska. Brandon hit me up and said that they're planning a trip to Alaska. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, it just depends kind of what it looks like. And it's not easy getting there. It's a real bitch to, like, get to Alaska. And then, I don't know. I guess in my head sometimes I'm like, well, if I'm going to go to Alaska, like, I feel like you got to go, like, all out. Like, go shoot a King Eider or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, if you're just going to go there and shoot fucking mallards, it's, like, not that I don't love shooting mallards, and it would be cool to do it in Alaska. It's just, you know, you can just head, shoot, like, You can just shoot more harlequins up there. and Yeah, harlequin is a thing, too, yeah. Like, that would be another good one. You can shoot eiders. You can shoot kings. Yeah. Like, yeah. they shoot them on the main island, too. They just kill more of them on St. Paul. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. And they shoot king eiders in Maine. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, you can kind of go anywhere. I don't need to go to St. Paul to do the crazy shit going to Zodiac. And I'm good on that, dude. I ain't trying to die for a duck. (laughs) Mm -mm. Dude, right? You watched To Kill a King, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Insane. What? Insane. I'm good. Fuck. I know, bro. And I think, uh, I think, uh, 
Charlie Somerville was telling a story how someone shot the front of the Zodiac on a different, I think it was on the Dive Bomb podcast where yeah. someone shot the front of the Zodiac and like they're in the middle of the ocean. I'm like, hey man, I'm so good on that. Yeah. I'm good. Sounds and, terrible. And do you know anything about Zodiacs? No. They're like thin metal and each like inflatable section of the Zodiac is like sectioned off. Uh-huh. So like you'll be okay if one okay. section gets shot, sure. but like you're going to take in water for sure. You're not just going to sink the whole boat. It's like, that's what special ops use. Like those black boats that yeah, just go yeah, way yeah. too fast. So they like, look like a big ass gray inner tube or a black yep. inner tube type yep. deal, but yep. That's a Zodiac. So sure. Okay. Like they can get shot and they won't sink and whatever. But I'm, if, if I saw someone shoot the boat yeah, yeah. that I was in, I'd be like, turn yeah. around, <laughs> go back to shore. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No, go back to shore. Motherfucker. <laughs> Dude. Dude, oh man, I honestly, like, the funny part is when I talk to waterfall guides, like, some of the situations that they get into, just like anywhere else in the country, is, like, not ideal. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Just, like, the stress and the pressure, you're, like, in that situation, you know, and somebody fucking accidentally shoots the boat, (laughs) you know, or something like that, you're, like... God, I mean, it's already sketchy, like, the water that they go do this stuff in. And you're, mm-hmm. like, in your head, you're, like, is this fucking for real, bro? Bro, just when uh, the first leg of our trip went to Angel Wing, right? You know, so, I get there with my wife and my kid. And he's, like, hey, man, sorry, you can't stay at my house. Like, everyone has influenza. I'm, like, it's all good. I was, like, you think I can hunt in the morning? He's, like, yeah, you know, we're pretty spread thin right now. Everyone's gone for Christmas. They don't come home until like three days from now. Mm-hmm. So Red's guiding this group. Someone else is guiding this group. And then I'm guiding this group. I was like, well, you want me to just help you guide? He's like, that'd be great. So go out there. Easiest spread set in the world. Like pit, everything, you know, so easy. Field, nice. And uh, these these people are locals and shit. And they are just shooting in every which direction, dude. Shooting mm-hmm. over each other. Shooting over me. After the first volley, I was like, oh, I better put in my sound gear. Did like, this you is bad. bring Roya and Aziz out? No, there? not in okay, the pit. Okay. No. No. Okay. No, once I heard I was guiding, I was like, there's going to be a bunch of people in the pit. I don't want to bring my daughter into that. You know? Yeah. And these guys are just like local ranchers or cattle people or whatever. Super cool. Yeah. Great dudes. A couple of older people, a couple of younger kids. So I'm talking to the younger guys and, oh, there's a goose coming. There's a goose coming. And everyone shoots at every single bird, whether it's in their zone or not. You know what I mean? The whole 10 and 2 thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not applicable here. Yeah. It was like 1 to 12 was their zone. And they're shooting over my head. They're shooting over Ethan's head. And I'm just like, dude, come on. Someone easily could have gotten shot. And like we kept telling them, like, hey, dude, here. Shoot here. And they'd still just like, "Mm." you know. Now put yourself in the middle of the ocean right with negative degree weather and somehow the ocean isn't frozen and you're people like that and then Bro. waves are kicking up the boat and people have their gun on office of safety with the finger on the trigger before like, they're ready to what? pull it like no not good bro no i'm good i'm good on yeah. that yeah big time so every time i guide bro i'm just reminded how dumb some people are it's scary you know it is scary. That honestly all comes back to that point earlier about like if somebody invited you to hunt and they were just having a bad day and you've been that asshole hunting against their property for the whole year. Dude. Right. It is something that, you know, like you literally are out there with a gun. I mean, everybody's out there with a gun. Right. It's, you know, it's not like you're meeting up for fucking soccer practice, dude. No. It's a, no, it's a life or deal. death situation. It, it can be, man. For but I, sure. I forget. So do I. I forget. So easy to forget that shit. No doubt. You know? And sh- and shit like this, weird weird shit like this happens all the time. I mean, you think about like Chris Kyle. You know, the American what? sniper? Yeah. Got shot at the fucking range. Do you really? What? Yeah, dude. You, don't, you didn't know about this? Mm-mm. Yeah, Chris Kyle, American sniper. He like started that program where he was like helping all those like PTSD and like vets that had, had like a bunch of mental trauma and shit from war. Okay. And he took one guy out one day that had been like asking him to go to the range or whatever for a long time. And this kid had PTSD or whatever. And 
bunch of shit with his brain and he took him to the range to go shoot and the kid shot him did he kill him yeah no. dead oh my god he died yeah bro i didn't know that yeah dude you didn't know that Mm-mm. bro yeah holy shit fucking mayhem bro well you don't need to pull it up no i have to double check to make sure he died like i'm like 100 percent. i feel like i would have heard about that if he died (laughs) i gotta look bro it's not good yeah the murders of chris kyle and chad littlefield occurred 2013 at a shooting range in texas it was that long ago yeah kyle who is a former navy seal and his friend littlefield were walking down the range uh when eddie ray routh opened fire and hit both of them Holy shit. Isn't that fucking insane? Doesn't really sound like an accident, but... No, they don't think it... I don't think that they think it was an accident. Mm. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, that's like a routine thing. They did that all the time with tons of different vets. No big deal. Like, just a normal thing. And they went to change some fucking targets out, and the dude shot him. Like, what? And, like, granted, like, this guy obviously is, like, not, not there, you know? Like, he's got way too much issues because of war stuff you know Hmm. so like he's just not sane but like the thing is you just don't know man you don't know who you're running into or what remember like two years ago or a year ago when that dude stabbed those kids at the apple river yeah yep like what dude and there's video of that like one of the kids videoed it like the dude literally stabs a guy like 13 times in the chest and then, like, smiles. It's so sketchy. But, like, man, those kids just went there to tube that day, dude. I don't know. It's weird. I do, every once in a while, like, when I'm hunting with people I don't know, I do, like, not, like, I think about it, like, that could happen. Just more, like, gotta, like be safe. Mm-hmm. You know? Think about where people are pointing their guns and what they're doing. You just never know, man. You really don't. And it, you get so comfortable because it's such a fun thing and hunting is such a good memory of different times and whatever but shit can go bad quick hey guys thanks for listening to the midwest flyways podcast be sure to leave us a review or a rating on apple and spotify and go to midwestflyways.com shop for all your latest midwest flyways merchandise dude the one that always seems to happen is uh guns falling yeah that one happens constantly and i am really I'm getting to the point because I got shot when I was four from that happening, right? And I I easily could have died. Anyone in that pit could have died, you know? But it fell twice on that hunt at Angel Wing, some guy's gun. And on the second time, I I lost it. Oh, did you yell at him? Yeah. Well, I'm just like, dude, put your gun in a spot where it literally can't fall. Yeah. Put it in a spot or hold on to it. One of the two. Yeah. Twice is too much. Like, how do you not... Like, we're in a pit under the ground. Well, one thing I notice a lot of people do, even in the A-frames, is people get way too comfortable leaning their gun. And what they do is they don't have it, like, seated into a corner at all. They just, like, lean it against the thing. Right. Right, dude. Don't do that. You have to find a fucking corner or a pocket. Dude, lean it against against your shoulder, dude. Dude... I don't care what you do, man, but, like, you have to find a good pocket and a good lean for your gun. Like, if you don't... Dude, think about it, too. If the birds are if birds are coming in and you're in an A-frame or a pit or something, you know it before they're right in front of you, typically. And if you don't, then you, you know, then fuck you. <laughs> you know, but, like, you're going to see them, so, like, you have a chance to grab your gun and get ready and, like, you know, whatever. You don't got to have that thing tipped up leaning like you're just waiting on big buck you know what i mean like right i don't know man no it's it freaks me out i check that all the time i'm always like readjusting people's guns you know like just leaning their gun into a pocket or something at least Mm -hmm. because people just i and i watch guns dude i like this happens all the time you watch guns start to slide back and forth right that's what i'm saying you know They, they fall over yeah and sometimes they never actually fall over but i'm like watching a gun slide four inches back and forth for the last 30 minutes and i'm like Nope. Just waiting on this shit. I'm just done playing the game. I I told myself after Angel Wing, I'm just like, dude, I am not fucking around with that anymore. Can't, bro. It's not worth it. Like, who? Like, it's just by chance. It's Russian roulette. At what point is one of those guns going to go off? At what point? 
It could be on safety. It could be off safety. And I feel like it can go off on either time, you know? So it's just... It's like, especially too with how much, you know, how much we hunt, like you're bound to have that situation, you know, a lot. You go out and people not super safe with their gun, whatever. That shit just happens way too often. And it's not worth it. I'm done with it. It's not good, dude. When I finish up the pontoon blind this spring, I'm going to put in very definitive gun holders. For sure. Yep. Very definitive. Yeah. Like two by six ledge. Yep. With a two inch cut into it. Yep. You know, I'm just going to have the whole thing jagged the entire front edge. Yep. So that, oh, well, there's only two placeholders on this. Nope. There's one every inch. Yeah. Fucker. No, that's, I love that for sure. That'll be fun because we can like custom make that kind of however we oh, want. Oh, dude, I'm so I'm sweet. so jacked to finish that thing. Ugh, so excited. I know we said in the podcast it would be in November, but oh, it definitely didn't not, happen. Didn't happen. No, no. knew knew when we said that that the clock was ticking. Yeah, why it, the clock? Like, it it froze out. so it quick. froze. Yeah, it froze way too soon. So. We got some fun projects coming up, though. Stay tuned, you guys. Thanks for listening. Hey, leave us a review if you can. We would really appreciate it. We're going to get to 1,000 reviews. We're going to do a big giveaway, so check that out. Big, big. Midwestflyways.com slash shop. See you guys soon. Hey, uh, one more thing. One more thing. Hey.